Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast. Uh, today is the end of seasons special, and that is plural for a reason. We'll be talking F1 finale. We'll be talking the Adelaide 500 this weekend for the Supercars finale, and we'll be talking a lot more. Uh, but first, I want to go ahead and welcome in my host, as always, Colton Cremorne. How's it going, going, Colton? Good, how are you? Oh, there we go. Now I see yeah. you. Yeah. It took me I mean, a I can, had to scroll pretty far to get up there. I can I can do it blind, but I'm just, I'd rather not. Yeah. What are you about to? I've been at work, uh, and then of course the week before that, I tried to chime in from Mexico City, but uh, what people didn't see uh, from that show that you and Nate did that was so good was... Uh, I couldn't get a, a a word in with you guys before the uh, the show because the airport announcements were going off constantly and constantly and constantly. Um, and I will say uh, that was a bit of a I guess shock, but I will I, I will commend uh, the Mexico City Airport and Mexico airports in general uh, for being so much better as far as boarding planes than any other American. Uh, airport I've ever been to. They had us like five minutes before we got on the planes. They called out all the things. You know how there's like sky plus or sky priority plus uh, first class and all that stuff. Yeah. They had you line up in lines and they were scanning your ticket as you were getting in these lines and then they were letting you on the plane in those lines. Huh. So it was pretty cool. Uh, it was it was very efficient. Yeah. I wish we could do something like that here instead of just be a big mob at the gate, uh, like it seems every time I've been to an airport in the U.S. was. Yeah, so, yeah, that is. Had fun though. I think the worst part about flying is the fact that you have to get on the plane and then wait for another fifty minutes for everyone else to get on the plane and then to get it ready, and it just like that's so much of a hassle. And then same with getting off, like you got to fight a crowd to baggage. Like I don't mind the actual flying part, but that part is to me is the worst part. It was so efficient down there, and they were taking us um, at the Mexico City Airport. Uh, we were flying to and from there because uh, that was like our, our hub to get back to the states and then to Tampico where we were going. They were they were taking us on buses from the terminal to our plane, and hmm. and it was pretty cool. We were going. Uh, we didn't have to deal with crowds at all when we were down there, but at Hartsfield Jackson, no, it was it was it was a mess. And I love that airport because it's really nice, but. It was just a mess. But what you been up to? I mean, I hadn't seen you guys in what feels like a month. Yeah. Well, it's been about a month. I mean, <laughs> pretty damn yeah. close. Um, no, we've just been hanging around the house. Um, haven't really been doing a whole lot. Uh, obviously, we had Thanksgiving last week. Um, just kind of hanging out. We'll flip on the Gateway Dirt Nationals here tomorrow night um, yeah. and get those rolling the next few days. Christmas shop. I don't know, usual off-season boring shit. Yeah, it's, it's the chillest part of the year. And for you guys, you can't even go outside. So, <laughs> No, yeah, it's still freezing cold out. Uh, it didn't even break freezing today. <laughs> it's, there's still a couple inches of snow out there. No bueno. Yeah. Our other counterparts are, are, are busy. Uh, Keith has been under the weather with COVID. Uh, so want to wish him uh, the best of luck and feeling better. Uh, Jared has been going pretty know hard. He's been going pretty hard doing his stuff with JB Graphics. He's been uh, covering basically the entire state of Pennsylvania's 
high school football is what it seems like. So he's hitting yeah. pretty hard. And then uh, Nathan is in the worst part of his year. He is he is fall semester finals week this week and next week. So uh, y'all, if y'all pray to any god, pray to them now for, for Nathan because uh, being a pre med student in finals week sounds absolutely horrid. Yeah. Uh, I hated school. I couldn't imagine that school. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he's at UCF. So um, he's, he's got plenty of distractions because he's at the biggest school in the country. But anyways, uh, tonight is going to be a fun night. Uh, We had a uh, fan sponsored segment essentially. Uh, So what we're going to do probably uh, going forward is ask you guys to suggest different topics for the show and stuff like that. And you can do so uh, by going on the Fan Fuel Pitbox Discord. It's down there. That is a forever link. So discord.gg slash M2K capital Y FM capital D B capital M capital F. Uh, that is our Discord. And uh, it is going to be scrolling all the time at the bottom and, and at any time you can join. And we'd love to have uh, some interaction there uh, between uh, anything. I mean, it's not it's not racing season anymore after this weekend, basically. So if y'all want to talk football, by all means, yeah. do so. <laughs> uh, but other than that, we did have some racing this past weekend. We had the Formula One finale race at Abu Dhabi, and uh, they just recently uh, redid that track last year. Uh, put on a decent race both years. Not not the best racetrack in the world, uh, even though they did redo it. Um, it was Sebastian Vettel's last race. You guys talked about this um, after after Brazil and everything. I did not get to say anything because, of course, my predicament with uh, being under the announcers uh, uh, of the Mexico City airport. Um, I wanted to say uh, some things about Seb. Just appreciate that he was here. Uh, I think he was one of those guys that you hated in the moment. But now you're like, oh, damn, I should have appreciated what we were seeing when we saw him win four in a row for Red Bull. Um, he's always been a class act. Um, he's probably the uh, the best guy on the grid. Of, uh, well, not anymore, but was the best guy on the grid as far as uh, personal-wise. Personal uh, I saw a TikTok from a guy. He said he, he went to an interview for Red Bull Racing and got hired, and Seb was in the interview. Um, mm. And Seb asked him one question, said whatever. And uh, Seb moved on to Ferrari the following year, so he never got to work with Seb. But they were at, I think, Monza or something, uh, and and they he was he was in the bathroom taking a piss, and he walks out, and some dude's like, "Hey," says his name, and uh, how you how you doing? How how's work going? You know, how's the season treating you? Whatever. It was Sebastian Vettel who remembered his yeah. name, and they had only spoken for that hour, so. Yeah, when I saw that this week, I was like, "Well, damn, that's pretty cool." Seb sounds like a cool dude. He's always been pretty level-headed. Never been the cocky guy, even though he could have in his prime. So, right. I appreciate him. Sad that he's going to be going um, and not sticking around a little bit longer, like Kimmy and, and Fernando. But uh, you know, he he's he's going out, and he still I don't think has tarnished his legacy. So that was that was cool for me. Uh, I did want to ask. Colton about the burnouts. Um, apparently, they haven't really been legal up until this year, uh, and they were processional this year. So, what do you think about the FIA making them "quote unquote" legal, but also having a directive or the zone for them to do that? Uh, I mean, I think it's fine. 
Um, I think it's cool that they're allowing it. Um, all sports nowadays, not just racing, have kind of laxed up on a lot of these unwritten rules and even the written rules um, to kind of make everything more fun. You know, you look at NASCAR and baseball, um, you know, two of the sports right off the top of my head. And Formula One's kind of just following right in that same path with allowing burnouts now. Um, and as far as the zone, I don't really have a problem. F1, I mean, they're the FIA is so picky about their tracks that – them having a zone to do their burnouts does not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, it's like that's the most stereotypical thing that you can do. You can have fun, but you have to do it here. Yeah, which is a very FIA thing. So, I mean, it, it's cool that they're that they're allowing it. Yeah, and with that, uh, they had Seb do it. They had um, Max do it, of course, because he was your champion. Uh, but then Mick Schumacher does it. Um, now he's getting ousted at Haas. Or Nico Hulkenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about him doing a burnout after just being one season in there? Uh, there was a lot of uproar on Twitter about having a, I guess, special space for them to do the burnouts, but there was also an up- uproar that I saw about Mick doing it. Uh, and I don't know that the FIA liked that as well. Uh, I mean, I think when your last name is Schumacher, you can, you kind of get a pass on a, a couple things. Um, so I'm just going to give him the Schumacher pass and say, fuck it. That's all right. Don't do it again, but you can do it once. Yeah. Well, he's not going to be on the grid next year, so he can't do it again. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and 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 kind of quickly recapping a bunch of stuff that's happened. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Formula One because I know you guys did last week. Uh, I did you guys talk about Daniel Ricardo not being on the grid next year and going to Red Bull? No, I didn't. No, I don't believe we did. Okay, so that. Um, is something interesting with their silly season. He's not returning to McLaren, of course. Fernando Alonso's uh, not – was it Fernando Alonso? No, he's going to Aston. I don't know. Anyways, he's Daniel Ricciardo's not going back to McLaren, and he's going to sit as the third driver at Red Bull. So my question uh, to you is a guy that left, and Christian Horner was famously uh, quoted saying, uh, that he left a fight because he didn't have the balls to fight Max Verstappen to be first driver. So what do you think about him, I guess, in my opinion, tucking tail and going back to Red Bull and not even to be the on the primary team? He's the test driver. Um, eh, I mean, I don't really see a difference either way. Um, he's he's fallen off a cliff these last couple seasons. Yeah. Um you, you could easily attribute that to the equipment. Um, but also we've seen him make quite a bit of mistakes these last, you know, few races of the year, at least anyway. Um, so I don't know. Is it the best move or is it the best look? No. Um, but he's still going to get paid a fuck ton of money. Yeah. To sit around, you know, I mean, it's when you get up into like super professional athletes and stuff like that, like if they move down to what would be known as a backup role, like to, even to me, that seems like a win. Yeah, yeah, especially when guys are making, you know, $400,000. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a little different than NASCAR when the salaries are so spread out. Um, Yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, I think so, too. I just thought it was kind of ironic for him to go, I guess, running back over there Yeah, uh, when he could have had that spot. Um, uh, Checo's been in that second seat over there. He's been doing good. Um, But I don't know how well he's going to be doing next season. Um, I don't know if Daniel Ricardo going over there is going to be a fight for his seat, but what I can think, uh, say is that uh, Max versus Checo is going to be something that I'm looking forward to in 2023 because he wound up losing uh, the second place in the standings by three points, which was one position on a track. 
that he needed that he could have gotten Brazil. You guys talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so after after seeing that it actually hindered him in the fight with Leclerc for the second place in the championship, do any of your opinions from from the post Brazil show uh, change? Uh, no, it's it's still a really shitty move by Max. Um, like I get you want to win, but also help the team out that got you in that spot. Um, I mean, it blows that Chico was in that position, but also it's a shitty move on Max. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I never got to voice my opinion, but the man had basically given him two race wins and a championship. Uh, you could yeah, argue two championships with this year. Uh, yeah, one spot on. was not much to ask for. Yeah. yeah, not at all. Not when you're clear by 140-something points over second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If Max were still in the title fight, I would understand it more. But yeah, but he he was he was gone. Yeah. 150, 150 points locked, is like yeah, eight races or something crazy like that. Yeah. Well, Stupid amount. Six races, but still, yeah. Um, I I don't know. It, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, but it does it does also that number. I did want to iterate. Um, just kind of quickly moving on with Formula One stuff. He did have basically a 140-something point lead uh, to finish this year. And we talked about it a little bit before we got on. I wanted to ask you, firstly, um, what you thought about a normal Formula One season where we see good racing, good races, but the points championship is just blown out of the water and we know several races before the end. This is something that is constantly talked about with NASCAR and playoffs and stuff, but this is the norm for Formula One. Last year, we had an absolutely batshit crazy championship, and last year, we saw the first real big numbers from the Netflix Drive to Survive show, but this year, we see more street circuits, which had a little bit less uh, good racing in them. We see them going to even more street circuits next year and all the traditional fans kind of being a little bit negative Nancy online about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the momentum going into next year, is it going to continue from that next, that, that is the drive to survive going to still drive up these viewership numbers or is it just going to stagnate because they see, Hey, Oh no, this championship's kind of boring because 150 something points, you know? No, they're hundred percent going to skyrocket or going to still grow in viewership and in attendance. Um, I don't think that's going to hinder it at all. If anything, I think that alone is going to put those drive to survive fans going to put themselves more on a pedestal over NASCAR because of it. I think that that's going to massively backfire. Okay. Um, well, I, I think that, that they are all these new formula one fans as drive to survive and Netflix as they may be, are still going to look at this season and let's be honest next year and probably the year after that in formula one, because usually the title is locked up within at least a race to go. Right. Or at least it's a fairly solid cushion going into the last race. Um, I also think that them having a race in Las Vegas is going to have a huge upswing too. So now they have Miami, Texas, and Vegas. Um, I don't, I don't see them falling off anytime soon. Yeah. I I can agree with you. Um, I, 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 it kind of there was a bunch of people, NASCAR fans in particular, that that were saying, "Oh well, F one's boring." 
stereotypically, but the passes, there's there's little to no pit strategy because everybody uses the same stops and whatnot. This, that, and the other. There's there's no passing. There's no passing. There's no passing. That's that's constantly what you hear, and they always say that the championship's locked up miles before we get mm-hmm. to the checkered flag at Abu Dhabi. And I don't know. I think you might have made me change my mind on that this is going to be a bad look for American viewers because what you just did was like, no, it's a slap in the face to NASCAR fans because they're going to show out basically. What else? So, um, uh-oh. Not sure what I had a norm for, but <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of years. We saw a tremendous growth this year <clears throat> in F one viewership. So sorry. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see going forward um, if we continue to have these 100, 150, 75 point leads coming into the last race. If if that does gain traction as a complaint from you know fans on Twitter and Facebook and whatever from American standpoints, or if it's just going to be the NASCAR fanboys and them complaining, trying to yeah. dismantle and discredit what Formula One and Liberty Media is doing in the United States. Um, uh, hey, that's about it for Formula One uh, for me. It was a pretty decent season. The new cars uh, with their new regulations did a lot for racing. Uh, they were very much prettier to look at. Um, and then aside from stuff like porpoising and stuff, uh, I, I think I thoroughly enjoyed the season. I know, Colton, you probably watched more races this year than you have the whole rest of the time that you've, I guess, paid attention to Formula One. Uh, no, it was about the same as I watched last year. It ended up being about three races. I'll, yeah. I'll say uh, I, will, I will say I followed – um, the highlights and stuff a little bit more this year. Yeah, so I'm well, I'm inching my way in. I'm about knee yeah. deep in the water right now. Well, we'll get you, we'll get you drug out there. Yeah, soon enough. And then I'll we can the talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we want to kind of get the fans involved a little bit more. Um, so this week we put out on Twitter uh, to give us some. Uh, middle of the uh, show suggestions. Um, Sorry. Uh, And so we got a suggestion from at Big Rig King Cobra on Twitter. He's a big Christopher Bell fan, um, and he was wanting to join us tonight, but because of his work schedule and also the fact that he has a family, he said that that's probably not going to happen and that we're going to – We'll, we'll, we'll have him on to do a fan spotlight at some point. Um, but he gave us some good show trip suggestions, and so can you. Again, you can follow us on all our socials, but also try out our new Fan Fuel Pit Box uh, Discord server, and it's scrolling at, at, at the uh, bottom of the uh, screen for you. Uh, tonight, per Big Rig, he wanted us to talk about Two things, the best fast food milkshakes and the holiday gift guide for race fans, um, as well as uh, some other stuff uh, that is racing related that we'll get to uh, a little bit later. So first off, uh, Colton, you are the captain of making brackets for uh, this kind of stuff in the Mm -hmm. past. Uh, So I'm assuming that's what you're doing in the background. Um, 
Wait, you hear me clicking? Yeah, I hear you clicking. No, uh, I was reopening the the Google. Oh, okay. I to flip over. I was like, I was like, well, dang, he's going to do it. Had, so first of all, I was um, all I, over mine, making notes. I, I need to know what do you constitute as a milkshake? Okay, so a milkshake absolutely has to be able to be drank through a straw. If I cannot drink it through a straw, it is not a milkshake. It is an ice cream. So, okay. Or a custard. So when I, when I ask you that, um, if I've got if I if I go somewhere that offers milkshakes, let's say I don't know Hardee's, um, they they scoop real ice cream and it's really thick. It's kind of hard to suck through the straw sometimes. And they put cookies in there. Say so it's not it's it's cookies cookie dough milkshake. Does that constitute as it because it it's still you know scooped ice cream whipped with the uh, is with the machine when you when you order or, one. Do you get a spoon with it and eat it, or do you drink it through a straw? Even though it may be tough to drink through a straw, do you at any point grab a spoon and scoop it? Okay, so that means that means that a frosty, McFlurry, a Blizzard, yeah, a concrete from from yep. from all ice Sonic, cream. Uh, yep. all ice cream. Okay, I would all, okay. I consider all well, those we, ice creams. Yep. We have constituted it. Okay, so how about our 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 not are not uh, milkshake, favorite not milkshakes. So Favorite not so, milkshakes. Okay, so favorite, anything served in a cup that can't be drank through a straw. But it's also not scoops of ice cream. Right, okay. Um, okay so let's start there. Will you go first? Well, give me give me your favorite. Um, I mean, the classic would be the Blizzard, right? Right. But I don't, think, I don't think that I could... I don't think that I could take it. I think that for me, uh, it's got to be, it's got to be the custards from from Culver's. Mm. Yeah. My guy, I just had Culver's for lunch today. So that that would be my favorite for me. Um, they're up there. Um, Freddy's great concretes also. Um, but I am gonna have to take the easy route. I'm gonna go with the Blizzard, and I'm specifically gonna go with the Cotton Candy Blizzard. Oh, because that is my favorite. Um, Drew, the inspiration for this topic said a uh, blizzard brownie batter. So a brownie batter blizzard. Say that five times fast. Brownie brownie batter blizzard. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, That's not a drunk know. order. I, I, I used it. to be a blizzard guy, right? But like then I found Culver's. So I know that. Dairy Queen ice cream is not really ice cream, and they never they don't really have that on their menu. Yeah, they, I don't know what's yeah. in it, but it's got enough lactose to 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 be it's ice close. cream for for me. Yeah, um, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, but when I go to get a custard from from Culver's, I don't have any problems. So just physically, it's, it's better. It, I have a I don't like um, just like chocolate and vanilla and caramel peanut butter ice cream near as much. Um, as most people do. So I tend to go towards like the sweeter, like the fruiter, fruitier ice creams and custards and things like that. Um, so I absolutely, I'm not a huge fan of Culver's custard. Don't get me wrong. It's delicious. Um, but I prefer like a cold stone creamer, like a fucking, I don't know, one of their sweet ass yeah. things. They got. Yeah. Their cold stone creamery is hands down the best slab ice cream you can get. Uh, yeah. Those yeah, are amazing. Absolutely. Um, that, 
So we sound like a bunch of fat asses. <laughs> we well, I mean, we are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, a regular milkshake. If you go up, let's say you go to a Baskin Robbins and you get a milkshake and you get your standard chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, um, and then maybe you throw a special one in there. What kind of milkshake are you getting? Okay. Um, so we're just talking flavors. We're not getting to the we're not getting to the fast food ones, right? Give me a, yeah. yeah. Give me a flavor, and then we'll kind of get into more of the specific fast food ones. So. If we're doing if we're doing flavors only, I think um, I used to like chocolate, but now I don't. Uh, it's too like the the chocolate just tastes like shit now to me. So I would have to yeah. go for if somewhere's got a peanut butter shake, like a cookout uh, or a Sonic, you can get a peanut butter shake. But my I think my favorite, if we're talking about it, is is a Shamrock shake from from uh, from McDonald's. I love mint. If I could, we were talking about Culver's earlier. If I go to Culver's, I get I get mint ice the the mint uh, flavoring with the Andes uh, mint Mm. candies on there. And like, I did. I do need to ask you though before you answer yours. People have always said that only serial killers get that stuff. So, uh, do you like that too, mint chocolate chip ice cream? No, no, I think that's fucking disgusting. Um, maybe I am a serial killer. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, mint and chocolate (laughs) do not go together. Um, I will say there are times when I think they go together, but they still don't. I'm looking for a pair real quick. All right, so let's go ahead and get your answer for your favorite milkshake flavor, and then I'm going to go ahead and try and draw up my own bracket. All right, overall flavor, I'm going to go strawberry. Again, I just like the super sweet you know, fruity kind of shit. Um, like even Drew said, like tooth melting sweetness for that cotton candy one. Like I don't like a lot of sweets, but when I want something sweet, give me a pound of sugar in that some bitch. Like hundred percent. Damn. So strawberry. And so I'll give you those shamrock shakes are fucking gas. Yeah. Um, and you have to wait a whole, a whole 11 months to get them. So yeah, it just makes them even better, but they don't put chocolate in it. So yeah, you lost me there. Yeah, well, I know. Gardens on your side, they give out those little Andy mints in your order. Yeah, I I get I I get extra every time. I love those are like my favorite candy. They, the uh, the delicious. Chinese restaurant that I go to all the time, they give out Andy's mints too. Oh, well, we should yeah. bless them since you don't like them. Yeah. Next <laughs> no, time you see me, just here. bring them to you. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Um. So Wendy's is out of service because they don't sell milkshakes. Um. So that's that's interesting. But they do now sell a strawberry frosty. So are you into strawberry frosties? I'd probably get a strawberry frosty. I'd also I kind of want to try that peppermint frosty they got. That sounds pretty damn good. What that must not be out yet here because I haven't seen it. So. Oh yeah, it's it's been out here. Yeah. Oh that um, sounds delicious. Yeah, just like a crushed up candy cane inside an ice cream. And cake. and sounds one more awesome. honorable mention before we start talking uh fast food and make this bracket. Um I gotta give it to my boy Zaxby's uh, for just being the best place ever to get a milkshake. They had brownie batter milkshake and and uh, cake batter milkshakes, and they were amazing. And then they took them off the menu, and they haven't been there for at least five years. And I'm the saddest fat ass you'll ever see. Every time I think of them, my mouth starts watering, and I can't. They don't exist anymore. Um, Did you ever have them? No. Oh my god, the because cake batter. I've been to Zaxby's one time, and I was with you, and I got oh, a chicken right. sandwich. And that chicken sandwich was dank. 
Yeah. Well, they ha- – oh, my God. So – I'm with you, Drew. I only like Peppermint one month a year. Yeah. Um, they they had the thickest fucking – like, I mean, you had to you had to eat them with a spoon to enjoy them, but you thick, could suck huh? them. You could suck them. They were thick, though. They were very rich. The, the, the chocolate brownie batter was phenomenal, but the cake batter – it was it was like you literally baked a cake and put some heavy cream in it before mm. you well not baked the cake you were about to bake a cake and instead just put heavy cream in it whipped it up and put it in there with some sprinkles and sucked it through a straw like it was delicious hell yeah and I I don't think I'll ever be able to experience it again so I'm sad um I'm just gonna clip that last little conversation that's gonna be a funny Twitter bit <laughs> yeah. All um, right, so um, do we, we want to try? Can we get to sixteen? Do you think? Ooh, in orange or, shake at Arby's. Mm. Yeah, damn shits are good. They got the Ghirardelli chocolate shakes too, though. Mm. They're good. All right. Anyways, well, before we continue to go down the fast food hole, how many fast food chains can we put in our bracket? You want to do sixteen? I feel like we can come up with sixteen pretty damn easily. Can we? Can we do sixteen? Yeah, because all right, obviously we've got McDonald's yeah, right, and Burger King. Let's do eight. All right. I feel like eight's good. All right, I got McDonald's versus Burger King. Go ahead and Oof. get that all out of out of the out of the charge. Um uh give me give me two. Uh give me Arby's and Hmm. Well it's got decent milkshakes. Uh, give me fat burger. Uh, you never had fat burger. I wouldn't. I've be never had fat burger. Uh, have you put, had put Hardee's on there. Have you had Whataburger? I've had Whataburger. Okay, so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Hardee's and you said Hardee's. And then we'll do Chick Fil A and Whataburger. All right, we need two more to make oh, yeah. our bracket for the eight. Drew and Dustin, if y'all are still still hanging out here, give us two more. We need fast food milkshakes here. I mean, the obvious one would be Dairy Queen, right? Right. Does Dairy Culver's Queen? do milkshakes, though? They do, like, an actual milkshake, too, yes. I don't think I'm, like, right. 99% sure. Okay. So throw them on. That's still gas. All right, so we'll... We'll do Culver's and Dairy Queen. All right. Those are actually really good groups as well. So starting up first, we've got McDonald's and BK. This is the Burger Wars round. Okay. Uh, Okay. Are we doing only judged on their year-round milkshakes? Or can I judge them based on their specialty as well? Just – any milkshake, down, any milkshake that comes down. Okay. So go ahead. Round McDonald's one, McDonald's. King. Hands down. Shamrock Shake McDonald's kicks anything Burger King has in the nuts. Yeah, I have to say it too. Uh, Burger King has those like standard soft serve shakes, though. So I feel yeah. like I feel like if we excluded March, they exactly. would win. That was my so, question. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Do you? I mean, if like you're Burger- winning. If you're winning 11 months out of the year, like. I think I'd still, 
I'd rather not have a milkshake for 11 months and have one a year with a shamrock shake yeah, than drink I, a BK love- milkshake once a month for every the other 11. I feel like it's disrespectful, but I'm going to agree. I think McDonald's wins this one. Yeah, I like I don't I don't think I'd ever kill a person, but if there was a shamrock shake involved, I might consider it. Yeah. Or I mean, what if they never brought it back? Well, uh, well I mean, I just I guess I'd just try to find a copycat recipe, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's it's so good. I'd kind of be so, fucked. Yeah. All right. So next up, um we've got the uh the gods of their craft, according to popular uh, de- uh, demand, not necessarily our uh, thoughts on the on the subject, but that is Chick Fil A and Whataburger. Hmm. All right, you you go first this one because I need to hear. Ah, uh, okay. So obviously, uh, Chick Fil A has toppings, whereas Whataburger doesn't, but. We are going to be able to throw in other uh, monthly, uh, mm-hmm. like seasonal teas. Yeah. So, Chick Fil A, they have a cinnamon one that I haven't tried. They have the peach one that everyone loves during the summer. I'm not really a peach fan. Um, and they got the standard cookies and cream, strawberry and vanilla, uh, or chocolate and vanilla. They don't even have strawberry actually. Uh, but Whataburger has vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate year-round, and they do different shakes. They have done peanut butter, and they have done Dr. Pepper, and they have done sweet tea in this past year. Hmm. And all of them are fire. Hmm. So I got to go Whataburger for myself. I'm going to say Chick-fil-A. I'm another diehard peach milkshake fan. Okay. For me, that one by – and to be fair, I don't live – within about 900 miles of the nearest Whataburger. So I don't have them very consistently. That very well could change if I move. Yeah, well, uh, I guess that means that we're going to have to go down to uh, the comments for this one. So anybody that is watching, give us the Chick-fil-A or Whataburger uh, tiebreaker. And while you're doing that, we're going to move on to the ice cream and custard kings of fast food uh and that is culver's versus dairy queen give me dairy queen dairy queen oh and i forgot they did build a water burger in colorado springs about four hours south of me that's not too too bad so i don't know how far it is to the closest one now that we moved from alabama but it's probably a, a, a decent ride um yeah I want to go Culver's just because over the past couple of years, after you know learning of them and seeing that they have that the ability to make the Andes Candies mint shake uh, or concrete, that would be good. But I've also never had a milkshake from there. Dairy Queen does bomb ass milkshakes, so I, I got to go to Dairy Queen. And they you can put peanut butter in your milkshake. So I love peanut butter milkshakes. Dairy Queen has to win. Alex is a peanut butter simp. I am. You know it. We've talked about it before. All right. So nobody has chimed in on Chick-fil-A versus Whataburger. So somebody's got to chime in. (laughs) 
Drew, I know you're watching. Chick-fil-A or Whataburger? You got to be the tiebreaker. Chick-fil-A Chick all the way. That one. Yeah, peach all right. Yeah. All right. So Hardee's and Arby's. This is the uh, not top tier uh, in popularity uh, round. Arby's versus Hardee's. Give me Hardee's. It's yeah, Carl's I got to go Hardee's. It's the same shit. Give yeah, me but it's also hand scooped. And that that is much better uh, than Arby's because they just got – the regular standard soft serve. And if yeah. you can make hand scoop ice cream into a good milkshake, it's, it's, it's just better. Drew said he hasn't had either as he's not a hobo. Okay. Hey man, I don't know about hobos. Party slash, their, their burgers are fucking fantastic. Um, their fries are pretty good. I'd, I'd put them in the top five. And, uh, do you I don't know the, uh, the double bacon, Western cheeseburger, whatever the fuck out there. Uh, we probably do. I just always, I always get the uh, the monster thick burger. So I mm. mean, just just give me two thirds of, of meat in my mouth. I'm good. Man, I don't even want to eat dinner tonight. I want to go out. I can't eat fast food now. <laughs> um. All right, so we're down to the final four. Uh, first up is McDonald's versus Chick Fil A. Um, these are two conglomerates of tastiness. So. Um, is the Shamrock Shake enough to take off the peach milkshake for you, Colton? The, the Shamrock Shake is still rolling. Ain't nothing going to stop the Shamrock Shake from okay. right now. Um, ah, uh, shit. I don't know. Because that Cookies and Cream milkshake, when they first came out with it, was the only one they had on the menu. It changed my life. It changed my life. I think I'm gonna have to go Chick Fil A. I think we're gonna have to have a split decision this one, this time. I think just sentimentally, like I love the Shamrock Shake, but I, I just gotta go for it. And I think Drew uh, is probably gonna say uh, Chick Fil A again as well. and break the yeah. tie because he's complaining that that machine never works. So I'm just gonna assume that he's gonna say that, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll put Chick Fil A up there if he if he has something otherwise, he'll put it yeah. Chick-fil-A because their ice cream machine works. Yeah, that is it. That is it. Chick-fil-A because their ice cream machine works. Um, so we'll move on to Dairy Queen versus Hardee's. This is ice, this is ice cream milkshakes versus ice cream uh hand scooped milkshakes. Yeah. Um this is a tough one. I gotta cut one. I'm gonna cut Hardee's. I'm taking Dairy Queen to the finals. Guess what Hardee's doesn't have? What? Peanut butter milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. So I got yep. I got to go with Dairy Queen. Yeah. Peanut butter milkshakes. And that takes us to the finale, the final round, Dairy Queen versus Chick-fil-A. Oh, Dairy Queen. Yeah. All right. Dairy well, Queen. Yeah. That's easy. Dairy Queen, you might not have good service. But did, did we even have a doubt that it was going to be Dairy Queen this whole time? We didn't. So, the match was set uh, in the first round with Dairy Queen versus Culver's. Yeah, I, I guess we, we probably did, honestly. Uh, but Drew even says it, so it's unanimous. It's unanimous. Um, so that was fun. Uh, we didn't get to other places like Sonic um, and whatnot. But, uh, Sonic. Oh, what do you have against Sonic? Sonic's ass. Great. 
They're ass. They're every always I've ever open. Been to ass. Uh, well, you might be right, but they're always open. So. Well, that don't mean that, shit. That, that gives them standing. Are you bad mouthing Waffle House? No, as a Waffle House is always open. I can. There's other places to go just because they're always oh, open. That don't mean shit. I mean, you don't have McDonald's a Waffle House. is always open. Yeah. No, I mean they they close down here. Oh, we still got one. Right. DQ yeah. is the undefeated champion in uh, milkshake making. So congratulations, Dairy Queen! You join the wall of fame that is the bracketology of. Fan Fuel Motorsports podcast, along with uh, what was the one that that the our favorite chairs we did? Chairs uh, is a fun one. Um, we, we've, we've done plenty of those. Um, if you got any suggestions, uh, go ahead and comment on us for next time, and we'll get this rolling uh, as well. Because why not? Brackets are awesome. Uh, now the second thing. That we got suggested was a holiday gift guide for race fans. So I I think there's two ways that we can do this, Colton. That is, uh, first off, our favorite uh, holiday gifts that are racing related, and what we would want that are a gift guide, and then also uh, maybe even throw in uh, what are good gifts for kids as well. That that'll be three different. Three different stuff. So I'll let you go first. What is your favorite Christmas gift that was racing related? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I've got a lot and a I mean a lot of racing related Christmas gifts. Um every single year of my life I've gotten something racing for Christmas. I've gotten so much stuff I can't even remember where the fuck I got the stuff. I do not know. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. Um, I got no idea. I can't pinpoint down to one thing. Really? Really. Nothing. Nothing. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I've gotten a lot of shit. Uh, these signs back here were from Christmas. That calendar was Christmas. Um, both of the Dave, or not the Dave Blaney, but the Dale Jr. and the Jeff Gordon flag were Christmas. Like, almost all of my NASCAR stuff has either been a Christmas present or a birthday gift. Because when I was young, we didn't have money. <laughs> so we no. couldn't get toys any other time of the year. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'm sorry that you don't have a favorite. Um, I I know. I will say, your... because Cheyenne commented, my favorite Christmas gift that I've ever gotten racing related is my Ryan Blaney blanket that I got last year. Oh, we'll have to see that. I hope it's, I hope it's good looking. I hope it's one of those really soft ones. Um, for me... Um, I've gotten plenty of stuff too. I've uh, obviously gotten diecast my whole life. Uh, even from uh, people outside my immediately fa- immediate family has gotten me diecast. I remember when I was a kid, I got the Bobby Hamilton Square D hauler with the number fifty five car uh, from one of my uh, very distant aunts, and that was really cool. But I think my favorite one has to be uh, was it two thousand and ten uh, during Christmas. Um, I got Formula One 2010 for the Xbox 360, and I went ballistic. Uh, my grandparents got it for me, and I'd been waiting for a Formula One game since I could remember. I had Formula One 2001, uh, not the EA Sports one, but the one uh, from the other developers um, on the PlayStation 2, and I just hadn't had the ability since then to have one. So when Codemasters made that game, I was drooling over it for the entire year. 
Uh, and when I got it when I was a kid, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, F1 2010. And I like, you know, there's a picture of me holding up over my head. I mean, one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever gotten. I played the absolute shit out of that game, too. So, yeah. Hell, yeah. That, Hell yeah. That's it. Well, I played the shit out of F1 2011 because I bought that one when it came out. Uh, I got that one uh, a little bit later. That one's um, the intro was uh, "Born to Be Wild," I think, mm-hmm. and it was I would I, I wouldn't even play the game half the time. I just let the I just let, let the, the intro uh, play intro yeah. roll and then take the disc out and put it back in and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Drew says anything tailgating, especially flags, but also my wife got me a Carl Edwards Snuggie that I still use. That's pretty cool. I've never had a Snuggie, but they seem to be the pinnacle of blanketed uh Oh, man. You, want, you want me to learn you something here? Okay. Pretend. I don't want to use a nice Christmas box. Okay, here. Pretend this is a blanket here. Right. Okay. Blanket. Instead of, like, throwing it over your shoulders when you sit down on the couch or, like, having to, like, hike it up your legs and, like, try to, like, wrestle with it, all you got to do is cut a damn hole in the middle like so. You put your bottom half under the blanket. You put your top half over the blanket, and now you can take it and wrap the top, and you're still covered in your bottom. I learned that the other day from a TikTok, and it changed my fucking life. I see. I don't know. I... It's like, it's it's like an inside-out poncho. It's fucking tits. That sounds cool and all, but I don't know that any of my blankets I would want to do that to. We'll just go get a ten-dollar one from the the yeah, Walmart. Well, I've got I've got I've got sentimental value in all my blankets. Well, this sounds could be nice. Your creative blanket. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I'll have sentimental value that way. Speaking of of blankets, uh, we got one. Uh, we tried to get one for the dogs uh, from Walmart for a heated blanket, uh, so that they could, you know, not be so cold. That piece of shit didn't work, um, and it was it Damn. was wrapped it was wrapped in in paper, so like I could have taken it back. So yeah, uh, thirty bucks wasted. Anyways, um, um, so. If you are looking for something um, this year, what would you want? And we'll go down from categories. Um, merch, uh, merch from drivers. Um, what is your favorite merch to get? Um, is it is it clothing? T-shirt. Is it stickers? What is it? Yep, t-shirts all day. Um, stickers are a damn close second. Um, yeah, t-shirts and stickers definitely number one, number two. Okay, well for me, I can't stand stickers. Um, I hate what? stickers. I don't like them. I don't like. Them. I can't stand them. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I don't know. I've never liked them. I don't like. I don't like the fact that you can put it on something and might not be able to take it off cleanly. I don't know. Stickers. Yeah, that's what you thing. just. You get a sheet of magnet. That's what we do, and you you cut it out on the magnet sheet, and then you can take it and move it. Uh, that and sounds like an actually. Uh, that would probably fix my whole aversion to stickers. Um, but no, if we're calling, if we're talking about merch from drivers for me. Um, it used to be t-shirts. Um, and then I get a, I get a hat every time I go to a racetrack, but I don't even wear hats, but I always like having a new hat when I go to a racetrack. Hmm. So, that's fair. um, so I've got a collection of hats that I don't wear. Like, uh, the, the most recent you guys have seen, I got at the Roval was a sun drop hat for, from, from Dale Jr.'s, uh, late model, uh, race earlier this year. Um, but don't give me a hat for Christmas. I don't want it. Um, I want flags. I, I have turned into a flag boy. You can see the tapestry behind me that Myra got me of Dale Earnhardt. I've got my flags in the floor because I haven't been at home since we moved here, basically. 
Uh, but I've got tons of flags that I'm going to put in the background. I love, love, love flags. Uh, hats with the number on the front and sponsors on the side, but no sponsors on the front uh, for for Drew. And that's interesting because I don't know that there's very many hats like that. The majority of the hats you see have the sponsors on the front, um, but they do have uh, some of some of the fanatic haulers have, you know, like a 12 for Ryan Blaney on the mm-hmm. front and the signature on the back. But I, I, I rarely ever see it that way. I think nine out of 10 hats are, are sponsor first. Um, and I could be completely wrong. I'd say I, seven out of 10. I still see a yeah. good number of numbered hats. Um, yeah. I feel like each driver at least has one, whereas they may have like three or four of the sponsor ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Drew. I, I, I'd rather have a number hat than a sponsor hat. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're basically doing free advertising at that point. So yeah. Like I don't yeah. want people to assume that I work for FedEx. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, it, the, the good thing about FedEx, that's, a, that's, a, that's actually a bad example because all my FedEx hats don't say FedEx. They say FedEx Racing, and they have the wow. checkered flag with the FedEx That's color. fair. So, so That's fair. Anybody that's not FedEx does it yeah. wrong. Menards, so, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, how about um, specialty merch? Um, what, what kind of stuff? I see, you know, behind you, you've got the uh, – the, the tiered pictures and stuff. But what about mm-hmm. what is a good specialty merch to get for for the race fan in your life? Um, so specialty merch, I am always more a fan of posters and cardboard cutouts than I am usually of like paintings. Don't get me wrong, this one kicks absolute ass. Um, but like that Pennzoil sign, my Dave Blaney back here, like anything that's um kind of I don't know more beat up per se than like a nice painting. Um I really like the genuine kind of at the track feel of that. A lot of posters and cardboard cutouts, right. gives. you know, it kind of gives that rugged old NASCAR feel that I remember as a kid. Yeah. And uh, Drew says sheet metal. Um, and mm. I was actually just about to bring this up. If you have the money, your race fan in your life is going to love you that much more if you get them sheet metal. But I don't think that's something that you can do monetarily. Uh, you can see Cesar Beccarella's, uh, I can't point behind me. Uh, that thing, uh, I still didn't point when I turned around. You didn't, yeah. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the the front left of his Xfinity car uh, back behind me, um, I got that for free uh, from Alpha Prime Racing. They gave it to my dad to give it to me uh, because they obviously my dad works with them. We talked about that uh, after the July race at Atlanta. But um, that's the only reason that I've got NASCAR sheet metal. Oh, there it is. Um, and and – uh, Realistically, it's composite now, but um, it's expensive. So if you need something that's not expensive, um, I think something that that would be very good, especially if your person has a man cave or she shed, is posters. Um, And if you can't, you can't really find it in, in our media as NASCAR fans, but if you are a European sports fan, uh, or a world sports fan talking about um, V8 supercars, Formula One, uh, Brazilian stock car. They all have very good-looking merch. Um, you can go to Ferrari and get a race-specific poster from them. So if you wanted the 2011 uh, Brazilian Grand Prix, 
they probably got that poster somewhere where you can buy it. Uh, I know last night I was I was browsing around and I saw a McLaren poster from Monaco this year where they ran the Golf livery uh, as a throwback, and it was astonishing. And you can buy that stuff, and they even sell them uh, framed, so you can get stainless steel frames, wood frames, heavy duty frames. You don't just have to get posters. That for me is a really big option. Posters are are the thing that you don't think about, especially for uh, sports cars, Formula One, that and that sort of stuff. Uh, race posters are really cool. I know everybody's probably seen a Monaco poster in a movie or a, a Ford versus Ferrari um, poster in the background of some dude's garage in a movie or something. Um, Old timey cars for for Formula One stuff. Just posters. They're so cool. Get it. A uh, quick tip, if you are shopping for posters for your, any race fan in your life, um, it is not illegal to use another logo for your own personal use. It is only illegal to use another logo for monetary use. So you are perfectly legal and right to find any image on the internet of whatever race or whichever that you would like. Take it to your local print shop, get it made into a poster. A couple years ago, I got a three-foot by two-foot poster of an Ayrton Senna painting. I paid 30 bucks for it. Kick ass. That sounds awesome. That's yeah. a really that's a really good hat. That okay. can be personable too. Be careful with paintings, drawings, etc. Pictures, you're fine. Paintings, drawings, it gets it gets fishy. Um, Pictures, but like if you okay. want this this image right behind us, we could absolutely take that to the print shop, print us poster, keep it for ourselves. No harm, no foul. You yeah, and you can personalize that too. Uh, yep. What I've been using for for everything for the banners in the front of the shows and what we put on social lately is from Canva. Um, and a, a dumbass could go on Canva and create something pretty interesting. So you could you could pretty much take some photos like that and create it solely uniquely for your uh, your race fan in your life. Um, and that would be pretty personalized. Personalized gifts, I think, are top notch. Period. Um, like like if Colton were to be like, "Hey man, I got you this Denny Hamlin lugging nut from the Daytona 500, and it was authenticated." Uh, who yep. the fuck else is going to want that other than me and Nate? Like, right. Yeah. I am. I'm a big fan of obscure NASCAR memorabilia as well. Um, and NASCAR merchandise. Um, I don't know. Like if someone were to give me one of those old digger gopher stuffed animals that they used to have, like I'd, I'd find it so cool. Yeah. Another like, thing. Like, you're talking about, it, go ahead. If I were to buy sheet metal, I would buy like Quinn house sheet metal. Yeah, well, like, shit. You can do that at the gypsy tents. They've still got, they've still got all kind of drivers that nobody picks up. Uh, yeah, at the, like Joey at the Gates races. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, twenty years from now, everyone's gonna look at that and be like, "Who the fuck is that?" We guy? went, we went to um, Charlotte Robo this year. I swear to God, they have every single panel of Mason Massey's uh, car that he wrecked. Uh, God, I don't remember where he wrecked. Um, was it Talladega? Somewhere earlier this year, Mason Massey, uh, um, a driver that uh, my dad and I know through his through his dad owning uh, Sino- or promoting Sonoma Raceway for for the longest time, when my dad and I uh, worked up there, um, they had his entire Xfinity car. I hmm. swear to God, front bumper, rear bumper, both quarter panels, both fenders, both doors, and nobody had bought it. And and huh. I was like, well, shit. Damn. Damn. Poor Mason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one even wants your yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. But shit, give me a Josh Wise uh, bumper that's from yeah. like an obscure race in 2014 when he had no sponsors. Yeah. I'd love that shit. Yeah. Give me a Brett Moffat 
um, 34 loves car piece, you know? Yeah. One of those, yeah. The more obscure, the better. Yeah, ex- especially if they're diehards like us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now let's move on to kind of a, a broad category of diecast. Um, I think this is specific for certain subgroups of fans uh, because some people would not want 164s and then some people like my dad hoard them. So um, yeah. I'll let you go first. If you're getting a diecast, um, what would you want or what would you recommend for uh, people uh, to get diecast wise uh, for, I guess, maybe different levels. Of- so, so it's hard with diecasts. If I always say, if they're under 15, get them a 164. Um, they're going to have, they're going to appreciate that more than they would a big car. Most people, right. Obviously at 12 and 13, I, we were collecting 124s, um, but we still had and collected avidly 164s. Um, after 15, kind of wishy-washy. If they're an adult, go with a 124, just be safe. Um, but also, I mean, just ask, like if you have anyone that you're shopping for, ask what size car they like, um, because everyone does have their preference. Like your dad, I've never seen anyone own as many 164 cars. Um, however, I, myself, I'd like a 124 because I want to get them nice and set up and, you know, be able to see the detail in them. Totally either way. I could see both sides. Yeah. And I think also at this point, if you're going new or old, uh, could be something too. Is your racing fan a classic NASCAR fan or are they a modern one? Um, what are you willing to spend? Are you willing to spend a hundred dollars on a basic 124 scale next gen car? Or would you want to go find a hundred dollar one from 2008 because they're a Jimmy Johnson fan? Uh, and right. you could get a winner's winner's car from that era for, for that much. Um, how how specific is the the person you're buying for? Because me, like, I don't like color chrome. I think color chrome's cool, but I also am not going to buy one because it doesn't represent the car that I saw on track. Right. Um, so if they've got specific standards like I do, don't get me a color chrome car unless I specifically want it. You know, um, so like my well, we can we can answer that as a, actually as a different question uh, later. Uh, but my holy grail car is not one that you would have seen on track. So um, just, just ask. Yeah, Colton hit hit the nail on the head with that. Just ask. Um, Diecasts are great, though. Um, you can race them if they're the small ones. You can display them if they're the small ones or the big ones. Um, and if you don't get them a diecast, but you know they have a lot, other options include display cases. Um, I'm sure everyone would appreciate that if they are a collector already. Mm-hmm. Um all right, um, let's move on to toys for kids, and then I'll talk about something special that I saw earlier today. So, again, it's going to depend. I think safest bet always for kids is a 164 scale car. Um, 100% hands down every time. If you can get, I don't know, half a dozen of them maybe, um, absolutely. Perfect gift for a kid every time. Yeah. I think for me, um, especially since NASCAR has joined with Walmart and Adventure Force, um, I got from my, my little cousin uh, a f- one of the figure eight, um, uh, I guess they're like motorized cars. They're crashing cars. Yeah. Um, you can go to Walmart. You can get them. Um, it's, I don't know, probably you guys, when you were kids, you had the, the cars that you charged up and they went around an oval. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got those now, but it's a figure eight, not an oval. 
And NASCAR um, has partnered with them, and the cars hit each other, and they ex- basically explode into three big pieces, not small pieces, because you don't want kids to choke, obviously. No, right. Um, but your kid can then put them together, charge them back up, and send them back on their way. And I think that's really cool. It's a lot more in-depth than, than I would have had as a kid uh, when it comes to NASCAR-specific toys. Um, but something that always gets overlooked for me is slot cars. Um Slot cars are a great gift for kids. They got the HO scale ones. Yep. Never. Uh, I mean, we had one slot car track, but it was just like one of those little rinky dink, like plastic ones you just set up in the living room. Um, yeah, you that's the one I'm went, talking about. They went maybe a mile an hour. Man, that wasn't very fun. It was. It nah. Was, yeah. Y'all Come did on. slot car racing. So I think. Yeah. Well, bit, and to be fair, we we're also like diehard racing kids anyway. So yeah. I already had an idea, you know, and. Maybe I'm not the best best reference source for that one. Okay. Well, Colton's – I'm just killing your vibe It's here. something different. Yeah, you're killing my vibe. If you're, if, you, if, you're, if you're a kid and you're into cars and you're like four years old, that, that's probably really cool. Um, Hot Wheels as well for a racing kid. Yeah. Hot Wheels are awesome. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're still like a buck ten or something like that. Yeah. And you they're can get very, all kinds of different stuff. Um, I, I, I've seen plenty of, uh, of knockoff race cars and licensed race cars that they have. So yeah, racing fan kid, if you want to get your kid into racing, uh, start with hot wheels. It's the cheapest yep. way to get a diecast. Um, all right. Now something interesting that I saw earlier this week while just scrolling on Facebook. Um, I did not know that they did this. Um, and this is really a really cool idea. They sell, oops. Wrong one. They sell model cars again. Now, they used to do this a lot in the 90s and the early 2000s where you could buy a model kit and you could make a car, whether it was uh, from uh, Lionel or uh, the other railroad company that makes models or, or, or any of the other ones, Revel, all that stuff. You could buy a, a kit and, and make a car. Uh, they have next gen ones now. This is a Daniel Suarez one. This is how I found out about it. Uh, Trackhouse has one for uh, Ross Chastain as well. This for an older kid that is in the NASCAR is going to be great. An adult that's in the NASCAR, this is going to be great. Um, I don't know if they have different levels. I don't know what level this one is. I'm assuming it's going to be like level one or level two. But if you're into model making, if you're if your race fan is in the model making, um, grab a NASCAR next-gen model because that is something that they have not made since before the COT. We got this a couple months ago. You brought up the model thing. Models are fucking yeah. awesome. It's been, like yeah. any, any kid like 13, 14 on up, um, kick ass. Older, yeah. newer, get a next-gen model. Um, yeah. But I bought this a couple months ago for Cheyenne to do, and you just reminded me that I need to go get paint for it, so I'm going to leave it out now. Yeah. Well, the the good thing about models is it's personal because you're making it. So it gets, it's a multidimensional gift. And also if you're getting it with your kid, um, that's something that you guys can do together and spending time with your parents is always amazing. So creating something with your kid is probably just as amazing as it is for your kid creating something with you. Um, So for that, that is the holiday gift guide for race fans. Um, The last thing is what the hell do we do when we're not watching racing NASCAR, Formula One, 
whatever. So what is the weirdest stuff that we get into during the offseason as race fans? Um, I mean, you fire up YouTube and you want to get your racing fix, but you're not going to look at highlights from any of the big series that we watch. What are you watching? Okay, so my guilty pleasure in the offseason, um, I always listen to stuff when I'm driving. That's when I absorb most of my media. Um, so in the racing season, it's podcasts, right? That's my mm-hmm. – it gets me through the work week, to and from work. Um, offseason, I always listen to Ask Reddit videos on YouTube because they have a bot that reads Ask Reddit threads. And then you can type in anything you want, and you'll find it on there. And it will just read to you in this most monotone voice. And I, I cannot fathom – how much I love at five in the morning when I go to work, flipping on a bot, reading me a story about this guy getting lost in Yosemite. It kicks ass. Okay. I'll have to try that. Um, I've seen those. I haven't really got on to it. I've been scrolling the shit out of TikTok. I mean, does TikTok that count? Awesome. Does that constitute? Uh, no, awesome. but I mean, I, for one, have a simulator. So racing season never really ends for me. Yeah. Um, this year with the World Cup, that's that's been good for me. Uh, but I always tend to become a football fan when NASCAR's not on. So I watch rivalry week of NCAA football and then all the bowls, and then I finish out the NFL season. That's what I do. Uh, but if we're talking about suggesting guys and gals to get into racing, but that's not the, the primetime stuff, um what 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 other series do you watch as filler between December uh and January and it it, it can get weird so so if you want if you want to suggest something weird what what are you watching hmm obscure races are always good you know what i've been really kind of getting into this last off season was What's monster that? jam really that's kind of my obscure one like some of the shit they can do with the trucks is pretty damn cool so I started getting into some Monster Jam. They're all over my goddamn Facebook feed now. I don't know how to make it stop. Um, <laughs> but apparently I'm going to go to Monster Jam in Denver. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Monster Jam yeah. never really been my thing. Uh, it always used to be on Speed Channel See, when I got it. never used to be mine either until like three weeks ago. And I don't know why the hell I think it's so cool now. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it like drag racing to me. I just don't see it as uh, racing. So I just kind of. Yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. Again, totally get it. Something flipped, like, I don't know, 14, 15 days ago. Yeah, no. For me, I like catching up on one of my other guilty pleasure motorsports, and that's Formula Drift. Because Formula Drift puts up all their, I think, six rounds of, of, of Japan series and nine rounds of the ones here at the States. They put up all their qualifying, all their round of 32 and all their round of 16s throughout the year. And this is the perfect time. To watch them so that's what i'm doing and if you haven't gotten in a formula drift do it it's 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 phenomenal yeah I'll check that one out i haven't seen anything from formula drift yeah it's pretty cool um it's it's a lot more technical than dudes just sliding sideways so it's it's very fun um and if you can go to one go to one uh but that's during the racing season um how about uh people getting into racing themselves but on a small scare Swamp buggies this weekend. Okay. Swamp buggies. I remember the swamp yeah. buggy conversation. Yeah, because we talked about uh, the boat racing and stuff like that too. Then that that night, I remember that. Um, how, what about getting into slot car racing, RC racing, or go kart racing in real life? Would that? I mean, that to me is something that you could do during the off season as well, right? 
Yeah. Um, RC racing is pretty cool. My dad used to have an RC track um, just out in his shop. He built it on uh, sheetrock and had like little rails around the side of it for the walls. And it was on a hoist. So he could just like at any time, like pick it up and move it out of the way of the shop and like work. And then he could drop it down at night and just invite buddies over and play. That was pretty cool. I'd really like to do that at my new house. RC cars definitely wins. Yeah. Uh, Go-karts uh, are everywhere now. Uh, indoor karting for you guys yeah. in cold climates. They've got K1 speed. They've got uh, Racing Alpha, I think, is another one. Uh, Cartona is another company. Uh, they got, I said they K1 speed. And, and Drady Karting. See, I saw that. I don't know where the hell it is, but it looks very cool. Um, that sounds like a Pennsylvania you, thing. Yeah, outdoor stuff uh, is, is still going on. You'll be freezing your toes off, but go ahead and do it. Um, and you mentioned it earlier, uh, my family uh, were slot car racers back in the day. Um, that is a very much dead hobby. Uh, you might find one slot car track per state. Uh, but if you got some around you, it's really fun. Uh, you're talking about scale over 200 mile an hour racing um you don't have as much control because it's just basically throttle uh and even brake if you've got brake tuned into your uh controller but that shit was always thumping i mean we would go to we would go to like races kind of like car meets with 50 60 guys and just race all day for for a whole weekend that that was that was that was falling that was hmm. that was a cool they shit to, to do when i was back. a kid yeah i they probably still do it, um, but you can go on YouTube and watch stuff like that um, and to get into it. Um, it's like RC racing is not just uh, for oval cars. They've got a bunch of uh, – they've got road racing. They also do like um, like trophy trucks and buggies and stuff with jumps and stuff. So um, uh, go out and get into, get into some racing. Do sim racing if you can. Come race with me. Um, uh, and we were talking about it with the swamp buggy racing, but what odd racing do you find on YouTube? Um, that's not necessarily with cars. Marble racing is pretty damn cool. Okay. Yeah. Gels muffler runs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got heavy into that in like 2018 and, and yeah. he does the marble Olympics and the, the formula one rounds. Have you, it's uh, fantastic. have you seen that guy that races the pool balls and the treadmill on TikTok? Yes, it's on my for you page every night. That shit's pretty fucking cool. Like every once in a while, I'll just sit in and like pick one, and be like, "All right, seven it is," yeah. and just ride with it for like twenty minutes. It's just yeah, he cool. does that. There's a guy um I've seen lately. He does he does live streams of a six lane Hot Wheels track, and um he it's like zigzagging around his room, mm. and he just puts different cars in tournaments. And just follows them with his camera, and they just, just hmm. continually does that. So I've been watching stuff like that as well. Uh, my favorite to watch is like power wheel racing uh, or cheese cheese wheel racing. Um, is it the exact same or cheese wheel chasing? Uh, I mean, I don't. I I guess it's chasing, but they're they're the same result. So it's yeah. it's fun to watch. It's always some big dude crashing down the hill, <laughs> whether he's running yeah. after the cheese wheels. Or he's on the power wheels. Uh, that's that's my go-to stuff. Um, yeah. Any anything else that you're watching on the off season? Not not really racing related. No. Um, this is kind of my my break from a lot of the more serious racing, and I get into just 
goofy shit. Um, like I might watch a, a Mario Kart racing video when I get off work tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. Drew says we used to have a Greyhound track here and it was badass to see animal ethics, different conversation. Huh. Uh, well, I've never really watched horse racing or, or dog racing, but I mean, they are going in a circle on dirt, so I probably like it. <clears throat> um, yeah. not, not really a betting man, so I don't know. I might get into it. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm old enough yet. That's not a shot at you, yeah. Too, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's how like a that, young person sport. I, I think that's a that's a that's an older person sport. That's the gentleman sport. How about that? Yeah, yeah. That that's the better way to put it. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm I'm I don't think I'm the gentleman. Yeah, when I yet. start playing croquet, I'll start going to the ponies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, those were some fantastic fan submitted stuff from from Drew and uh, at Big Rig, uh, King Cobra on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow. He's been here. Basically, since the start, uh, we really appreciate him, and you guys can join us at Fan Fuel Pit Box uh, on Discord uh, and join in on a conversation of what you guys want to see uh, on some of these kind of off nights where we're not actually talking or have a guest on. Um, other than that, we've got basically this weekend and, and beyond, we've still got racing. It's just not Formula One and not NASCAR. Um so this weekend, you can see in the background, I talked about it earlier, we've got the final race for the Adelaide 500 or the final race of the V8 Supercar season at the Adelaide 500. And this is one that I've been anticipating for quite some time. Uh, and I know, Colton, you don't get into it, but V8 Supercars is a damn good series. You can pay uh, $6.99 every month uh, to be a subscriber to them on YouTube and watch all of their races. They give you their DP1 and DP2, which is which is the Dunlop, Dunlop Pro Series, basically like GP2 or the Xfinity Series for them, um, as well as all their other support groups, including the basically the Australian versions of the Legend cars. They do um, muscle car racing, stadium super trucks. Uh, they do some uh, V8 uh, formula cars that sound absolutely throaty and badass, and they put on a good show, uh, and and they do some other stuff as well. So you get a bunch of stuff. You get 12 events every year uh, for the low price of $6.99. Uh, do it. This weekend is especially special because Adelaide used to be the season opener, has been for a while. It started out as the Formula One GP in Australia from 1984 to 94, I believe. You can tell me those dates are wrong if I am wrong. Uh, but then Supercars took it over when the Adelaide Street Circuit got replaced by Melbourne uh, in South Australia. And Supercars have made it an event. And three years ago with COVID, they took the event away. And uh, the state legislatures down there said, we're not doing this anymore. So they had a couple of different legislators running on campaigns saying that we will give you Adelaide back if you elect us. And three years later, we've got it back. Talking about an event that hosts a quarter million fans every single year, uh, boosting the local economy, uh, being a drawback for a political campaign. Uh, and it worked. So it is back. Um, and I'm excited. Uh, if it's never, if you've never watched it, this is the street circuit to watch. Um, it is always a hell of a time. Massive crashes and the scariest corner in motorsports, in my opinion, in turn eight. Uh, they're doing about 160, and then they just turn right. 
and are an inch off the wall when they exit the apex of that corner. Um, it is fantastic. Another uh, interesting thing about this weekend is this Holden is leaving the sport and being replaced by Chevrolet for the Gen 3 stuff. Uh, and we'll talk about two teams who are coming, and in respect to them, they're putting uh, their liveries in white, and that is Workinshaw, uh, uh, Andretti United um, with Chaz Mostert and um, – <clears throat> Triple Eight Motorsports uh, from Red Bull are also going to bring champion uh, Shane Van Gisbergen and his teammate in white. Um, And these are both uh, very pretty liveries. Uh, And I know, Colton, uh, you're kind of sitting here just listening. Um, Are you going to try and watch the race this weekend, or are you going to be preoccupied? Because there's quite a lot going on. What day is the race on? Uh, it's all weekend. So the way that the, the, well then yeah, I'll watch the video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's all at, at, in the middle of the night as well. Cause obviously it's in Australia. They do two races on Saturday and one on Sunday. Um, so it's actually going to be Friday and, and Saturday night for us. Um, the way they do it is they have the 12 events and they, they count races. Um, so if you watch this year, uh, it was quite boring. Shane Van Gisbergen won 21 races this year. The next closest drivers were, tied at three race wins apiece with Chaz Monster, Will Davison, and Cam Waters. Um, and despite the fact that he's won so much, these races are phenomenal uh, all the time. So don't get discouraged by one guy winning all the time. Um, I did want to, before we get into the Snowball Derby and the Gateway Dirt Nationals, also talk about next year uh, for supercars. Um, they're releasing these uh, two models, the uh, Chevy Camaro and the Ford Mustang, and they will be pushing about 1,000 brake horsepower next year um, and be way more uh, identifiable with the manufacturer than the next-gen cars and NASCAR are. So it'll be the uh, it'll be the series to watch next year, uh, in my opinion. Uh, other than that, um, snowball derbies this weekend. Are you looking forward to this, Colton, or are you going to stick to the Gateway Dirt Nationals? Uh, yeah, I don't watch. I don't watch the snowball. Um especially since now I have the gateway dirt nationals, but I've never watched the snowball. Not that I don't like it. Um, I just, it isn't my cup of tea um, to sit and watch pavement late models spin around for 400 laps um, just for the officials to come out at the end and, you know, completely shaft someone with a made up rule. Yeah. I'm just not a, not a huge fan. I get the, that is very understandable. Yeah. I, I understand it's a huge race. I would love to go to the event. I just don't want to spend my time and money watching it from home. Yeah. Well, if you do want to watch it, it is pay-per-view. Um, I think um, it's going to be Bubba Fowler versus the field just because he's been on such a roll these last couple of years. However, there is a big NASCAR presence this year. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Derek Krause, truck driver, is going to be there. Sammy Smith, the ARCA Menards East champion, will be there. Corey Heim, uh, two-time truck winner from this year will be there. Daniel Dye uh, and uh, who is an ARCA driver will be there. Uh, and Chandler Smith will be there trying to defend his uh, uh, title from last year of Snowball Derby winner. Um, and then we'll be joined by cup drivers, Brad Kozlowski, William Byron, Noah Gragson, Eric Jones, and Xfinity drivers, Ty Majeski and Josh Berry. So, Stacks field. Um, they have qualifying uh, 
and I think they do some qualifying races as well. I'm not sure. I've never actually watched a snowball, uh, but you can watch it on Race in America uh, for for fifty dollars um, pay per view, or you can get all three days and watch a snowflake uh, as well, which is the uh, prolate models rather than the supers. Um, they do I think two hundred fifty laps instead of four hundred, um, and they do. The whole weekend for $75 with Racing America. If that's not your cup of tea, you can pay for you on, I believe, is it Dirt on Dirt uh, this weekend or is it someone else? For for, for a gateway. Uh, Flow. Oh, it's Flow this weekend. Okay. Yep. Even better. So uh, you can get Flow this weekend. I'm sure they'll have a pay-per-view option or you can just subscribe to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can watch the Gateway Dirt Nationals. And Colton, I'll let you handle that since you are a little bit more into it than I am this yeah. year. Yes, if y'all haven't heard or seen the Gateway Dirt Nationals, they take um, a bunch of super late models, dirt super late models, and they race them indoors at the Rams Old Stadium in St. Louis, hence the Gateway Dirt Nationals. Um, It is a pretty badass little track. It ruts up super quick with these big, heavy-ass cars and this, like, super light temporary dirt. Um, So you end up getting, like, these huge almost potholes and, like, speed bumps in the middle of the track where you see guys – you know, flying through the air on them. It's pretty damn exciting. Um, they don't go very fast. They're probably hitting 55 going into the corners. Um, but it's damn close racing because you can't go more than a couple laps without hitting the back of the field. So there's always lap traffic. Um, super tight, intense racing. Tyler Carpenter versus the field. Drew, absolutely. Tyler Carpenter's won the last two. Our guy Tanner English was runner up last year. Um, hopefully he can get it done um, as well. Braden. Brayton Laster, I hope I'm saying his last name right, is headed out there too in his little 13 uh, super late model. He's got a left turn cold sticker on the back, which I think is absolutely badass. Yeah, so that should be good. It's like the Chili Bowl with the big cars, but they actually pay uh, to not play. Good money, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, and good money in general, right? Well, um, they, uh, last year, they pay more than $5,500. Yeah, uh, last year Tyler Carpenter won it, and he was offered a – one race deal with Nice Motorsports, and that's why we saw him race the Knoxville Nationals this last year. I'm sure that deal is going to be back in again this year. I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, Tyler was a huge success just with the eyes that he brought to the event, so should be pretty cool. Drew said he was there for the first year, and the midgets came, and they ran them after the late models. Uh, not good uh, because the yeah. ruts made them almost flip every lap. Um, uh, yeah, when it comes to open wheel cars, you kind of have to have smooth, uh, smooth racetrack, uh, which you can get that with a chili bowl, uh, in January. Kyle Larson will not be there this year. Um, he has already announced that, um, basically in protest of what we just made fun of the fact that they don't pay anybody. Um, and that's something for a different show, um, later on that, uh, we can discuss. Uh, but in my opinion, you got that much money income and pay-per-view, you, you got to pay your drivers. Um, anyway, um, I don't think there's anything else going on this weekend, but I did want to bring light some news that we got this week for Formula E, uh, and that was that they are going to be rebranding and they're going to have a new rules package. So I want to ask Colton about this. I know you've never watched Formula E, uh, but it's kind of maybe turning into a quote-unquote serious sport now. Um they're going to be doing lap-based racing rather than uh, time-based racing, so they don't have something that happened like in Valencia this year where the leader hadn't crossed the line and nobody had a charge 
uh, to get around the, the racetrack. Uh, they are going to remove the stipulation where attack mode uh, is an offline initiation. So there, it's going to be less gimmicky. It's going to be a regular push to pass. Um, they're going to be potentially going to more real tracks um, with an uh, with uh, with an additional battery capacity. The cars are going to be slimmer and lighter uh, to kind of incorporate more wheel-to-wheel action on these street circuits that they do go to. Um, and the power band is making the largest jump in the series history. They were 200 kilowatts for Gen 1, 250 kilowatts for Gen 2. Uh, Gen 3 will be a total of 600 kilowatts, and that is quite a lot. Um, that's nearing uh, IndyCar specs, um, if not better. Um, yeah. as far as speed wise, um, of course, acceleration has always been better. Uh, but, um, what are you thinking? Um, you hear all this stuff, I, you hear this rebrand. What are you thinking? I think this absolutely kicks ass for formula E I'm excited for it. Um, as a NASCAR fan, I'm pretty upset because formula E the most gimmicky, I'm not saying the most, one of the most gimmicky professional racing platforms on the entire face of the planet is bumping up their power output and slimming the cars down to avoid aerodynamic resistance. Why are we still doing the fucking small horsepower, big-ass fucking blade? I don't know. If Formula I... E has figured this shit out, great for them. Fuck, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I am too, and it's a trend. 2022 and 2023, um, it was all going to be 2022, but then, of course, COVID happened was the year that everyone was going to move to their new models. We were going to get next gen in 2020, but I don't think that would have happened with COVID, honestly. Um, we were going to get the new stuff. Formula One got their new stuff. They boosted their power up uh, significantly. Um, 2023 is going to see the LMDH come alive even more power and less and a lot less downforce being made um in those cars for the wec the lamar and the imsa series um va supercars are widening out their cars a little bit from the from the coupes that they are to to be more muscle car looking but they're taking away 650 uh pounds of drag and adding up to uh 990 horsepower engines um that's fucking wild um, IndyCar is looking at electrification uh, by 2024, I think, and they are going to be running 1,000 brake horsepower engines in their new engine deal um, with electrification in their hybrid engines, and we are the ones that are laying back as NASCAR, and and I don't get it either. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that, that, that they can do that. And to me, like I said, the Gen 2 was, was 250 kilowatts. That's only 50 kilowatts over – um, the power outage that they had in the Gen 1 cars. These Formula E cars this, this coming season yeah. are going to be batshit crazy. You More are talking about yeah. you are talking about over double yeah. the amount of power that they have. And they're going to have a fast charging technology as well. Um, so we could potentially see doubtful, but we could potentially see um, pit stops in the future where, where we have to charge. Um, so we could be seeing Grand Prix links for Formula E to compete with Formula One in the next three to five years. And that has me really excited um, because even though I love racing, I also love 
uh, Mother Earth as well. So I, I I do realize that we contribute a little bit to hmm. the greenhouse gases. So yeah, it's exciting. Well, that kind of gets us to our hour and a half mark. Um, Colton, uh, are you good? Do you have anything to add before we start checking out? No, no, I think I'm set. I'm just cruising through the off season. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and start our outro. Uh, we are extremely happy uh, to have you guys here. Uh, after me being off for a couple of weeks, uh, of course, thank Colton for being an interim host basically every other week this year, it seems. Uh, and that's probably going to be the trend until I get a different job, uh, which is probably not going to happen sometime soon. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming over the off season uh, and coming to you uh, next year. Uh, we are actually going to try and bring our fans to you. Be looking out for critical things. Thanks again, Drew, for all the help tonight and uh, the suggestion for everything. Um, let's. Uh, I'm gonna send it to Colton on whether or not we're gonna have any shows in the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, so next week, um, week of December seventh, I think we're gonna be off. Um, however, the 14th, I am going to be popping on. Um, at very least for my by myself um just kind of you know maybe an hour show i don't know we'll just kind of mess around see what happens i'll come up with a couple ideas um i'm also open to ideas if you'd like to please message us um or join fan fuel pit box yeah fan the discord fuel pit link box. is below, discord. below. <laughs> um other than that the next week after is the week of christmas so we're going to pass on um week after that is the 28th and then is new year's week which i refer to as adult dead week and i fucking hate that week i do not like doing anything that week between christmas and new year's don't know why can't stand it um so i'm not gonna do a show that week um but then january 4th 2023 we're gonna hop back on for your chili bowl preview um where i will be giving you guys all of the driver in or driver lineups to kind of keep an eye on chili bowl history um going over the complicated passing point system so maybe y'all can understand that a little bit more um full ass chili bowl preview show january 4th so check us out then too yeah so it's basically we got two weeks from now we'll have a show i'm gonna try and be on that i'll be traveling again so maybe i won't be able to be on it but uh we'll we'll, we'll figure something out you can join the pit box uh discord as well to get on there and we are going to have one for colton and the chili bowl post shootout that whole ordeal and then two weeks after that we will be getting ready for the rolex 24 uh, we'll have a roar before the 24 of our own, and that'll be it. Other than that, I think uh, you know the normal stuff. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at FanfuelMSM, capital F, capital F, capital MSM. Follow us over on FanfuelMotorsports.com, and we will see you guys in a couple weeks. All right. Bye.